Welcome to Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio outreach of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. We're in the middle of a series called The Power of Worship, and today we're going to listen to the second part of a message called Worshiping God in My Marriage. Or maybe you never thought about that, worshiping God in your marriage. The Corinthians had orthodoxy. You know what the word orthodoxy means? It means right doctrine. The Corinthians had orthodoxy, but struggled with orthopraxy, which is right living, okay? Right application of God's truth. A true worship requires aligning my doctrine and my practice with God's word. Okay, can't have one or the other. There's other people that are like, oh, well, you got all these practices out of God's word, but yeah, our, our doctrine's a little messed up. Okay, you gotta have both. If you wanna have a healthy church, a growing church, uh, you gotta have a both. And if you wanna have a godly marriage, you need both. But before we get into that, I, wanna, I want you to notice something that he says in verse two. Notice how he starts verse two. He says, now I commend you uh, because... Paul starts out by affirming the good. Sometimes we can only see the negative things in people. That is such a dangerous and unbiblical thing. I'm not saying there's not times to address things. Paul's about ready to have quite a good time doing that, okay? But we need to make sure that in our lives and especially in our marriages, we commend things, okay? And I'm not suggesting that, that you wives uh, go to your husband this afternoon and say, you know, you, know, you are a rotten husband, but I just want to commend you on your, your doctrine of the premillennial return of Christ, okay? That's not what we're going for. You've got to have both. You've got to have both. You need to affirm both. Most marriages lack affirmation and most hurting marriages are starving for affirmation and that goes both ways husbands to your wives to say honey i just want to commend something something you're just doing amazing you're just doing amazing at this okay now you have to have humility not to um but okay god's not calling you to put butts in there all the time okay and sometimes we just give flat out affirmation and just encourage people that that really works both ways in a marriage. Got to have a lot of affirmation. Don't wait until everything is perfect to affirm. Paul didn't. Okay? Paul didn't wait till the Corinthians got everything and then like two letters later said, hey guys, great job, love ya, good job. He didn't do that. He affirmed them even in the midst of their failures. Well, look at verse three. Paul says, but I want you to understand that Pause. Do you hear the love and grace of just that first part of that sentence? But I want you to understand that. Now, it's easy to jump right into what, what's coming next, and believe me, we're going to be digging in that for a little while here. God wants you to understand what he tells you to do. You know, so many of us live in a because I said so world. You know, do this because I said so. Do this because he said so. I mean, how many of us, you know, you know, with our kids, you know, like, hey, take out the garbage. He's like, why? Well, how many of us go into an explanation like this? Well, because the organic material is biodegrading at a rate that will cause nasal dysfunction or discomfort, and small little creatures will begin to reproduce. And most of us don't say that, right? We just say, take out the garbage. Why? Because I said so, and it's garbage day, right? 
So many of us live in a because I told you so world. And when we do that, sometimes we lose opportunities to teach. I would tell us parents, especially those of us with teenage parents, this kind of increases as your children get older. But with young children, there are more because I told you so times. Just because I, listen, son, I'm not going to explain to you why you need to put your underwear on. You just need to, okay? (laughs) Just need to. But as they get older, um, the more opportunities and windows that you get to give them the why from God's word, the more that they will begin to embrace the reason, okay? Because what you're saying is, um, listen, what I do, son, is because I'm under God's authority and I am under God's word. And to the extent that you do the same, you will be blessed. Otherwise, what you have is you have these kids that grow up in I told you so environments and someday they get into, into late into high school or into college and they're like, well, the told you so is gone now, so I guess I do things on my own not realizing that what their parents were saying was under the authority of God's word. There's no doubt that we need to obey God's word without question, uh, but God also wants us to understand why, the why behind the truth. Our appreciation and celebration of marriage is often equal to our biblical understanding. Our appreciation and celebration of marriage is often equal to our biblical understanding. I'm going to tell you something. If you're in a marriage today or about to get into a marriage today that's a because I told you so marriage and you're honoring Christ and staying together just because God's word says that, um, you're being obedient. I affirm you in that. But you're going to miss out on the majority of the joy that God would bring into your life. You're not trying to do marriage the way God wants you to do it and why God wants you to do it. You're just doing it because somebody told you don't get divorced. Uh, That's not a great way to experience the joy that God intended for your marriage. Really, every area of our lives related to marriage or not, every area of our lives, in every area, our worship will be deeper and richer as a response to a heart of understanding. And whether it's marriage or you're here and something else is completely on your heart, listen, the more you understand God's word and why he says what he says and dig into God's word, you will have a greater appreciation. It's like if I went to an antique. Some of you all went to an antique. Some of you are into antiques. I've met some people and like, wow, people into antiques are like, wow. I just, it's interesting to have discussions with people like that. Maybe some of you are people like that. God bless you. I am not. So I'd walk into like an old, you know, garage sale of somebody. First of all, I wouldn't even go to a garage sale. It'd probably be my wife there. I'd just like, nah, it's a bunch of old stuff. I don't want that stuff. Right? But I go to that kind of environment. And I'm just like, yeah, it's old. I'm not paying $10 for that. I wouldn't pay five cents for that. But someone with a trained eye and with understanding can look at those things in a garage sale and say, garbage, garbage, garbage. That's worth $2,000 and see it and pay $10 and make a boatload of dough over it. Well, see, the same applies true in marriage. If we have our eyes trained by God's word, we're able to see what God's doing, embrace it, and then experience the blessing of what God wants. Greater worship comes as I develop a heart of understanding. Now, notice I didn't just say understanding, a heart of understanding. When our hearts are in a place where we can embrace what God has for us and we begin to cry out to God for understanding, 
God will bless that and God will give it. I would encourage you to write down Proverbs chapter 2. Go back there later uh, today or tomorrow. Read that. Pray Proverbs chapter 2. God will give understanding. Now what does God want us to understand about our marriages? I want to give you a summary statement for this whole mini-series that we're going through. What are we going for? What's, what's the objective, Luke? Kind of lay it out for me. Maybe I shouldn't give this out because I guess hypothetically some of you could just walk out and go, I got the whole summary for the marriage. Don't like any of it. I'm leaving. Um, I hope not. I hope not. Here's the statement, summary statement. God designed marriage to exhibit his glory through lifelong commitment and soul-satisfying joy found in relational beauty, spiritual power, and purposeful companionship. That's a mouthful. That's the whole series right there. Now, we're going to get bits and pieces of each of those, each the way through the messages. Verse 3 says, Paul says, I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of a wife is her husband, the head of Christ is God. Now, that word head there in the Greek is a kephale. It means authority. Now, I have read more on that single word uh, than any other word in God's in the text ever. I read for over an hour on that single word alone. A lot of thoughts have gone into that. Some of you might be asking, like, why didn't he just say authority? If he meant authority, why didn't he just put the word authority in there? It'd make it so much clearer. Um, answer is yes, it would have been a lot clearer. But there's a reason why he didn't. First, he is going to use the word authority. The Greek word for authority is going to come up in verse 10. Clearly, it's connected to what he's saying here. But second of all, it's a play on words. Okay? He's going to talk about physical heads next week. Clearly, what's all that haircutting thing? That's, we're going to be talking about physical heads, and there's a lot going on there. But Paul's using head in a metaphorical sense to address a physical problem that was going on. And so he's using those kind of as a play on words of the three uh, head statements. Which one do you think people have the most energy for? Uh, clearly, it's the middle one there. The head of the wife is her husband. Okay, I get that the head of Christ is God. Amen. The head of a, every man is Christ. Good. But it's that middle one that gets us a little energized about. I want to tell you that a lot of energy, and I can't tell you how much a lot is emphasized, has gone into a textual study of these words here. And I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to speak this as a pastor, but also boldly, um, there's been a lot of twisting what's said here. And if you were to go in to do an in-depth study in this, there are some that have come to conclusions that I believe are clearly unbiblical and just flat out grammatically wrong. Uh, some have said that this does not mean that, that the head of, it's not talking about head in terms of authority, it's talking about head in terms of source, okay? You study God's word that is flat out evangelical feminism, twisting words to say things that it's not meant to say. And that's wrong in my opinion. So what does the text mean? Why all this energy? Is it really necessary? Let me say this too. Um, for some of you, it might be hard to hear some of the things that are said in this message, both for men and for women, but I want to tell you this. Um, I don't like everything that God's word says, okay? It offends my pride. 
When God's word says things to me, I'm like, well, why does that have to be in there? Now I have to do that. Okay, even pastors feel that way occasionally too, okay? But it doesn't matter what I think. The moment that I start caring what I think more than what God's think, we all have a problem. And the same is no, it's no different for you. I really think that all this energy over that middle head statement is really focused on the wrong thing. It's unnecessary. It's focused on uh, things that would pull us away from relational beauty, from God's blueprint. This is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church. You know, I love that you're listening to Meeting with God, but I got a question for you. Are you doing the Christian life in isolation? At Vertical Church Columbus, we live out biblical community, not only through our weekend services, but also in grace groups. These small groups meet across the city weekly to encourage one another and care for one another and study God's word together. You know, if you don't have Christians around you in your journey with Christ, let me invite you to Vertical Church. Go to verticalchurch.life. I think we need to do something. Really, God's word's amazing. It's laid out in a specific order for a specific reason. Who's the first person that's supposed to be under authority? Go to the text. Who's the first person that's supposed to be under authority? It's men. It's men. And that's where I want to start. I want to apply this text right the way that Paul had said it. There was a reason why he did. Let's talk about application here. Men, I hope I have your attention. Gals, you're welcome to listen along. Here's the question, men. How does a husband come under the authority of Christ? This is where it starts. Let me give you three ways that a husband can come under the authority of Christ. The first is submitting to the authority of Christ's teaching. Let me go back to Matthew. I want to read a verse to you. Many of you know this story. It's the story of the the house built upon the rock or the sand. But listen to these words, verse 24. It says, everyone then who hears these words of mine, Jesus is speaking, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Then skip a verse. Verse 26, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Skip a verse. Verse 28, and when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. Jesus wasn't teaching like, hey guys, these are some great ideas that I came up with. You should try them. Jesus was saying, listen, I'm God. This is how you do things. Um, Go at it. Go at it. Jesus had authority in what he said. And men, husbands, we need to come under the authority of what Jesus Christ says to us. If you want to have a great marriage and you want to be a leader that God's called you to be, men, you must come under the authority of what God teaches. If you want to build a great home, it must be built, even as this text is saying, on Jesus Christ's teaching. Now, wives, I want to say something to you for a minute. How many of you wives have ever said something along these lines? Um, I just wish my husband would listen to me more. I just wish that he would listen. I just wish he would listen. That's wrong. The thing that you want more than anything else is for your husband to listen to Jesus Christ. And when your husband is fully engaged in listening to Jesus Christ, uh, not only will your life be a lot different, uh, he'll also be listening to you and having great discussions with you. But the most important thing for you to pray for and to cry out to God for is not for him to come home a little bit earlier to talk to you more. It's that he'd be in God's word embracing the authority of Jesus Christ in your marriage. Can I get an amen? Amen. 
Husbands, I want to say this. Hear me in this. The integrity of your authority, which is coming up next, the integrity of your authority in your family and in your marriage is only in proportion to your willingness to embrace the authority of Christ. And if you're like telling your wife, well, honey, you should do it because remember what the God's word says, but you're not embracing the authority of Jesus Christ, your integrity is hypocrisy, okay? And if you're going to be the man of God in your family, um, you ought to be in here more than anyone else. Let's give a second one. First, submitting to the authority of Christ's teaching. A second of all, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Uh, Colossians 3.16 it says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And you can go on and read the rest of that now. <laughs> Some of you were here last week and um, love Bob Bernie. That was a great message. But some of what he said about how we prepare meals at my house <laughs> was a little disconcerting. <laughs> it makes a pastor nervous when you're sitting right there and then some other preacher comes in and says, let me just tell you something you don't know about the preacher. And you're like, what is he going to say? Because he doesn't know much. What is he going to? Okay, just to set you all at ease, we do not dumpster dive, okay? We do not. We have never done that, thankfully. The church provides our needs, no need for special gifts, okay? Um, we are fine. And any of you who have come to our house, what we get, we get at the store. Uh, it's like no one's coming to my house after this. Let me say this to you, men. Um, um, guys, we got to be careful what fills our hearts and our minds. Don't spend your life a dumpster diving in how you're going to set your mind or what's coming into your heart. A God wants you to be a person that's letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly, and not what's in the culture's sewer. Okay? And if you're going to be a great man who's going to embrace the, the authority and headship of Christ, you need to let his words dwell in you richly. It's not like we were when you were a kid, right? And you're like, you know, you're running away from mom or dad, and you're like, you know, the less I hear, the less I'm responsible to do, right? That's not the way to a great marriage. If you want to be a great leader, you need to let God's word dwell in you richly. And, hey, can I get some more? And I need to get more into God's word. More is better, not less. I love how one commentator said it, commenting on this verse. He said, richly, referring to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. He said, richly suggests that this constant reference to the word of Christ should not be superficial or passing, but that it should be a deep and penetrating contemplation that enables the message to have transforming power. Amen, it doesn't mean memorizing all it's just chapters and, and check. It means, what is that saying? Lord, how do you want to penetrate my heart and make me a different person to be more like your son? Men, is that where you're at? Would you say that the word of Christ is dwelling in you richly? Would you say that that's where you're growing? That's becoming more and more of who you are? Let me take a minute to say something to the uh, unmarried gals here. Um, if you're looking for a husband, which I trust at some point you will, let me say this to you. A lot of gals go out, and what has what is, what is your dad or your parents told you? You've got to marry a Christian guy. Christian guy. Well, we've kind of lowered the, um, the test to uh, John 3, 16. 
Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have uh, everlasting life. So the bar is you just got to say uh, the, the sinner's prayer and he's just got to be a Christian. But let me tell you something. If you get into a marriage with a John 3.16 guy that's not a Colossians 3.16 guy, you're going to have a very painful, unfruitful marriage. Don't just go accept a guy because he says, I'm a Christian. Ask him, how deep is he in God's word? How much does he long to know what God tells him? How richly is he dwelling? Because to the extent that he is dwelling richly in Christ's word is the extent to which you will be living richly in God's word. Um, By the way, single gals, or especially high school gals or college gals, if you're here and you're like, yeah, the guy I'm dating is not one of those uh, living richly guys, dump him. Pastor said so. Just say, you know what? You know what? I, just leave him a message on his voicemail and say, you know, my pastor said that you're just not one of those guys, so I have the right to dump you without even a full explanation other than to say, uh, you need to know God's word a whole lot better. Or, or, if you think you might be a good guy, I tell him, hey, this is a great time to really um, set it straight. This is, a, this is a point of decision for you. Why don't you get in a small group? Why don't you get under some guys in our church? Tell him, bring him up, I'll talk to him, okay? I'll get him in a place where he can really begin to dwell richly on God's word and on God's truth, maybe he'll be one of those guys. But don't get married. And thankfully, the two guys that I married the last couple of weeks, one of which is here, uh, is dwelling richly in God's word. And I thank God for that. Submit to the authority of Christ's teaching. Men are to let the word of Christ dwell in them richly. Here's the third thing. Listen to the Holy Spirit's reminders. You're like, well, I thought, it, I, thought we're, I, was, well, I was supposed to come under the Christ's teaching, not the Holy Spirit. Well, let me read a verse to you, John 14, 26. Uh, Jesus said this. He said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Okay? So Jesus Christ is not here physically in a sense today. Okay? If he was, I for sure wouldn't be preaching. You can be sure of that. Okay? But in his absence, God has sent his spirit so that Jesus Christ is present with us and bringing us under uh, conviction, under encouragement. Um, God has sent his spirit uh, to be with us. Now, I'm going to tell you guys, um, are you listening to the Holy Spirit? When God's spirit brings something to your heart, if you're dwelling richly in God's word, God's spirit's going to be bringing things to your heart at certain times. Maybe it's encouragement. Don't give up. I know she said something that was kind of, mm, got under your skin. Look over it. Forgive. Keep moving forward. Or it just might be a time where uh, you've done something wrong and you need to go back and ask forgiveness or you need to do a change of course. Um, that's the time uh, to listen to the Holy Spirit because what's happening is Christ's authority over you has come into play. The question is whether you're going to be under it or not. That I would also tell you men, um, uh, don't go it alone. Don't go it alone. When the Holy Spirit's convicting you, that's why we have small groups, okay? It's not supposed to be a you and Jesus all by yourself. It's supposed to be other men around you who you can say, hey, the Holy Spirit's convicting me of something. Hold me accountable on this. Pray for me in this. I need some prayer in this. Some of the things that the Holy Spirit will convict you of are very difficult to do. But that's why we have guys around each other where we encourage each other and grow together. Do not forsake the assembling together of believers, as Scripture says. Guys, let me say this. Maybe you're feeling alone in your marriage. Maybe you're feeling confused about the next step. 
Or maybe you're needing strength to endure a difficult season in your life or in your marriage. Maybe you need provision, financial or otherwise. Or maybe you just need the grace to understand the truth of God. I want to encourage you this. Pray, ask in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why we pray in his name. Because not only do we come under the headship of Christ just for the sake of being under authority, but those who are under authority are meant to experience the blessing of that authority. Okay? And just as later your wife should be experiencing blessing by your authority, you are meant to experience the blessing of Christ's authority. And when we just kind of go it alone and do it myself and I'm going to stick it out, you're not living under authority. You should be asking God for his help. You should be crying out saying, Lord, I need your help right now. I need your encouragement. Embrace the blessings of being under authority. Worship is embracing God's blueprint uh, for my marriage. Worship is embracing God's blueprint for my marriage. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio, located at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Meeting with God is a listener-supported ministry which strives to share the good news of Jesus Christ each day. Our prayer is that this radio program will lift people's eyes and hearts to our Savior, Jesus. If you would like to be a part of the Meeting with God team of financial donors who make this ministry possible, please visit our website, verticalchurch.life. We are thankful for your partnership in the gospel. And as always, we hope to meet you back here at the very same time tomorrow for your meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.